Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Means that the number one pick in the 2021 NBA draft goes to the Detroit Pistons. Who's got the number one pick in this year's Detroit. draft? Who's got the number one pick in this year's draft? Basketball! Select Isaiah Stewart. The Detroit Pistons select Killian Hayes. Sadiq, that was absolutely sensational. I don't know what went into that process. I met the criteria to be selected, but I wasn't. From long range. Oh! Yes! Yes! Detroit Basketball! Pistons fans, welcome back to another edition of the Palace of Pistons podcast, part of the Believe Network. I'm your host. Mike Anguilano, and joining me this week is Jasper Apollonia. Jasper, this is two weeks in a row now without Aaron. Just you and me, baby. Don't let him know. Yep, just you and I again. Um, we're the it's our little it's, crew. A, it's our little secret. Just you, me, and all of our beautiful, beautiful listeners who I love all, so much. All of our beautiful listeners, <laughs> and we're very grateful for all those beautiful listeners as well. And we do have some things to talk about with the Pistons this week. A lot of injury stuff, uh, unfortunately, and we're going to get to that and much more. But first, I'd like to thank our sponsor for this week's podcast, and that is Bet Online. And Bet Online remains your number one source for all your sports betting this season, everything from pro and college basketball to UFC, MMA, and more. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, news, and game trends at Bet Online. And with the live betting options, free contests, and live scores are almost any sport or game imaginable, but online is really the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite leagues and events. Head on over to the website today or use your mobile device to join and receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Just make sure that you are using the promo code BLEAV, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive that bonus. It's a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit at betonline.ag. Just make sure that you use the promo code BLEAV, that's B-L-E-A-V. Bet online where the game starts okay jasper i'm ready to talk about injuries if you are ready to talk about injuries oh yeah everybody's favorite topic of discussion um especially when it comes to the end of the year isn't it mike you know it's happened for how many straight seasons for detroit so this is nothing that we're not used to at this point but yeah came down today that after just yesterday Sham Sharania of The Athletic reported that Boyan Bogdanovich might be getting shut down for the rest of the season due to a lingering Achilles injury, something that doesn't seem like it's too serious, but definitely something they don't want to aggravate in meaningless games. Uh, not only that, but now Isaiah Stewart is out for the next four to six weeks. Today is March 9th while we're recording. The Pistons' last game of the season is April 9th, so process of deduction there. Probably is going to mean the end of the season for Isaiah right. Stewart, too. Luckily, neither guy is going to need surgery. These seem like injuries that, honestly, they probably could play through if they absolutely had to. But you're at 15 wins, so <laughs> you don't have to play through those injuries. A lot of opportunities, though, Aaron, uh, Mike, for young guys, unproven guys, G League guys, to come in here and prove that they have a little something to show for the team. And we've seen that over the last couple games, haven't we? We certainly have. And, you know, 
we have talked about opportunity a lot this year. There's going to be a lot of guys that are figuring out where they're going to be next year. We talked about it with Sadiq Bay getting an opportunity. We talked about it with Isaiah Livers getting an opportunity. We've talked about it lately with James Wiseman getting an opportunity. Um, there's a lot of opportunity abound uh, when 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 you're a team that's this injured. You're going to get plenty of opportunities to demonstrate your stuff. And, you know, I just want to touch on the injuries really quick. Boyan Bogdanovich probably getting shut down. I mean, they need to be cautious with him, right? I mean, there's no one's upset about this, that he's not going to play. I mean, he's 33 years old. There's nothing to play for. No one no one is upset by this if he doesn't play again for the rest of the year, right? I've seen people saying, oh, why didn't we trade him? And then I've seen teams of other fans saying, or fans of other teams, I should say, saying that, oh, well, good thing we didn't trade for him. He's hurt. I'm like, guys, this is this is the same type of injury that every single player in the NBA has post All-Star break. Like, right. this isn't a real in- – I mean, it is I'm, uh, It is a real injury. It but is it's a real not, injury, yeah. You know what I mean? It's, it's not the type of injury that he wouldn't be playing through if the Pistons were in playoff contention. Right. So there's nothing to read into back. here. No, there's absolutely nothing here to be like, why didn't they trade him? It changes nothing for Detroit. And – what about with Isaiah Stewart? I think that one has some more implications just because of the bigs, and maybe we'll get into this, but missing Isaiah Stewart is not obviously going to impact winning, but in terms of building for next season, and perhaps this is a, a topic for a later podcast, but you know, not having Isaiah Stewart able to play is kind of disappointing because one of the things I was looking forward to for the rest of the year was the bigs, how are the bigs going to shake out? How are they going to be able to play together? Is is there a way to get them to play together? Like, wh- how does that calculus sort of work? So um, any any thoughts initially on Isaiah Stewart? Before we th- get into, like, opportunities for other guys, any any thoughts about, you know, probably going to miss the rest of the year for Isaiah Stewart? It's weird. He, he was out with a hip injury, right, against Washington? I saw a hip injury, but now all of a sudden it's yeah. a shoulder injury. He's been banged up for a little bit. Yeah, Mike, my pessimistic paisan. I, I, I would have to say, <laughs> for me, this is definitely disappointing, but I'm not shocked by it either. And while this has been a, an interesting season for Isaiah Stewart, you know, he's been in between positions. Now you have an additional big on the roster with James Wiseman. You know, he's been shooting more, but he hasn't necessarily been shooting great. He's going to end the season uh, shooting, what, 32% from three. So that's not necessarily ideal. But the fact of the matter is he was shooting 34% from three before he injured his shoulder in January. He came back from that. He shot 28% from three the rest of the way. And I think if you're the Pistons, you're not really actually missing out on much that you would be necessarily seeing from Isaiah Stewart because the whole point of him is that he's got to shoot if he's going to stick on this team long term uh, as a power forward Um, even as a backup center they have lots of options there and he's not necessarily the one that they're going to roll with when it's all said and done they've given up draft capital uh, not draft capital they've given up Sadiq Bey for James White for James Wiseman um you know, they have given up, uh, uh, you know, to a lot of money to re-sign Marvin Bagley. Three years, $39 million. 
So there's players on the roster that they've invested into. I think we've seen some nice things from Stewart, especially in terms of like when he's out on the three-point line, driving to the rim. He has thrown down some monster dunks this year. I think that's been really good. But on the other hand, he also has had a way lessened defensive impact. He hasn't necessarily been as great on the boards as he has in years past. And it's been a little lost at that power forward slash center position. So if he's got an injured shoulder and he can't shoot, I don't really think it makes sense to be throwing him out there. If you're just going to be muddying up the lane, you're going to be making it harder for guys like James Wiseman and Marvin Bagley and Jalen Duran, who all need playing time at this point in the season to really show what they have in the most effective manner, because you can't really put Isaiah Stewart out there next to them if he can't shoot at all. So right. it's disappointing, but for me, I think it's kind of a move that had to be made if his shoulder is really bothering him this much. It seems like they think it is. Um, yeah, I'm wondering if you have a different perspective on it, though, Mike. Well, not not really. I mean, if he can't shoot, then he has little utility elsewhere. And there's no point in trying to have him play through something that is obviously quite serious if it's going to keep him out the rest of the season. I think in terms of building for next year, it, it just muddies things up. I mean, it's disappointing that you're not going to be able to scramble the bigs around and see if there's anything that fits together. Now you're going to kind of be stuck with probably Wiseman and Duran playing together, which is apparently what the Pistons wanted and playing Wiseman at the four with Bagley off the bench or vice versa. Um, so it's, it's just unfortunate that you're not going to be able to evaluate guys appropriately in an off season where that evaluation is just going to be really important you want to have all the information that you can possibly get because you're going to have to be dealing contracts out to some of these players. And you said it already, they've invested draft capital uh, in just drafting some of these guys. They've invested, you know, trades. They traded Sadiq Bay for the upside of James Wiseman. That's, that's not worth nothing. And they've put money into Marvin Bagley. So you want to see how those players fit because when, when you get to next year, and it certainly seems like the Pistons are thinking playoffs and seeding, you want to be able to come in to the season with some sort of an idea of what those rotations are going to going to look like based on what you had in the previous year, and 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 that's a lot easier said than done. Um, the the uh, the Cavs have been dealing with bench woes a lot, and a lot of their bench guys are from last year, and they're just not fitting right. So mm-hmm. you want to be able to see what you have. Uh, so that that's the more disappointing point. But do you have any thoughts about opportunities now? I. I sort of mentioned earlier the Wiseman and Duran pairing, which I think screams horrible, but I think the Pistons want to try it and, and you know see if the offensive Wiseman is balanced out by the rim protection of Jalen Duran. Um, you have Bagley as an option too. I think Bagley and Wiseman would be detrimental defensively because um, that's putting a lot of pressure on James Wiseman. Not that he's been horrible defensively or, you know, a complete travesty, but Marvin Bagley's not a particularly good defender. Having both of them out there just seems bad. Um, and then Isaiah Livers kind of factors into that too. He can play the four. I think he's going to benefit a lot more from um, from Bogey being out, and we'll get to that in, in a few minutes. But any any thoughts on opportunities or, you know, what is the outlook going to look like now with Isaiah Stewart probably out for the rest of the season? And you have a lot of bigs that you need to, you know, evaluate. 
Yeah, my guess is that Marvin Bagley goes back to the bench role. He's going to be your center off the bench, uh, especially now that Jalen Duran's coming back for this game tonight against Charlotte. We're recording right before it. Um, I think it's a great opportunity for all those guys, especially Marvin Bagley, actually. I really think he's the one right now that I look at it. If anybody has a highest chance of getting moved this offseason amongst those four bigs, I think it's him. And yeah, we've discussed that we don't love the contract, but you know, he is, it is at a price that is movable. And the fact of the matter is when you stack his numbers up to James Wiseman's, of course, we're talking limited sample size here. He's been better. He's just, he's straight up has outperformed James Wiseman. They're getting very similar looks. They're asked to do very similar things. Bagley is slightly less efficient, but still pretty efficient. He's been a better scorer, better rebounder. He's been better defensively. And I will actually say this. I think he's been one of the Pistons' best players since he returned from injury. You look at the way that they play when he's out there versus versus Wiseman, the spacing is way better. And he's at least shown like a willingness to pass the ball in a way that he doesn't usually. I think he's looked way better on the perimeter. And maybe part of that has to do with the fact that he's playing with a decent defender in Isaiah Livers out there sometimes. The fact that Jaden Ivey has really stepped up his game on the defensive end of the floor post-All-Star break, I think those things are helping him as well. But for me, I'm looking out there and I'm saying, like, the guy I think has the most to prove is probably Marvin Bagley III. I think he's actually done a really nice job. And you know this is a guy I've never been really a fan of his game or his fit on the Pistons. I think he's played well. Isaiah Livers, James Wiseman, they've kind of like switched roles the last two games. I Livers was fantastic against the Blazers, was not so good against the Wizards. Wiseman was horrific against the Blazers, was better against the Wizards. The stats were nice, but honestly, like I, I thought his play was eh, it was okay, not great. The team did not just, just simply didn't play as well when he was out there. And, you know, that's the biggest issue with James Wiseman. But even more so than that, I think it's the guys that I was saying are like G League guys, the guys who really, really have to prove that they even deserve another look at the NBA. I want to give a big shout out to Eugene Omarui because that dude came in against Washington, played almost 23 minutes, and he was so impactful, whether it was defensively, whether it was passing the ball. He had an awesome no-look pass to, to Bagley in the post to get him an easy dunk that was so cool he was scoring inside out had so much effort yeah he got burned a couple times but it's okay you know he's a young guy and I thought he earned all 23 of those minutes I want to give a big shout out to that kid because I thought he played great on a 10-day contract and he's going to get another 23 minutes at least (laughs) probably given all he earned it he earned it man he did yeah he 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 absolutely did yeah, you know, I want to circle back just real briefly because we missed a guy who's also injured and probably out for the year, and that's Hamadou Diallo, uh, oh, who, yeah. we've, ah. who we've been awfully high on lately. He has been in the stock up for me. So just real quick, we're both fans of what he's been doing the last you know, month or so. He's an unrestricted free agent next year with a player. I believe it's a player option, or maybe it's a team option. I think it's a team knowing, option. Knowing Troy, it's a team option. <laughs> it's a team option for $9.9 million. Do you want to keep him next year? Because I think he's got some utility off the bench as an energy guy who can get downhill and just just bring a little bit of 
spice off of the bench. And I think that's worth something. It's so hard because $9 million is not a big contract, especially with the cap going up like $20 million this offseason. $9 million is actually a, a, a reasonable enough number. Um, I still think it'd be slumwatt of an overpay for, for Hamadou Diallo, but ah, it's so hard because it's really a numbers game. Like The fact of the matter is he's best at the forward spot because he can't shoot still. Um, but the Pistons need to bring in like a real power forward this offseason, and there's a good chance that they're going to be drafting another forward if they don't get the second pick, if they don't take scoop. So, you know, if you're taking Brandon Miller or Wabanyama or even like Cam Whitmore or somebody like that, one of the Thompson guys, like I, I, there's just a roster crunch for Hami. And while I have been a big fan of his this year, I haven't been in years past. I think he's been super impactful for Detroit on both ends of the floor, despite his limitations and the numbers bear it out. Like he's efficient. And he has the best on-off splits of any Piston with, like, significant playing time this year. It's him and Alec Burks, basically. So I think he's played really well. I think he's shown that he deserves another shot in the NBA. I just worry about with the Pistons if if I don't think $9 million is a good number to be giving a guy who's your 14th, 15th player off the bench, right. which is if they're going to be any good next year, probably what he's going to be because you need a leap from Isaiah livers. And even if you get rid of one of Bagley Wiseman, Stewart Durant, well, you're not getting rid of Durant. So one of those three guys, you're still going to be bringing in more players this off season. I just have a hard time seeing it with Hami. I'd love to have him back, but I don't know if the numbers work. Unfortunately, he does have the second best efficiency differential according to Cleaning the light, cleaning the glass with Alec Burks, clearly number one. Corey Joseph is third, so this stat is incredibly flawed. Um, yeah, I I would be in on bringing Hamadou Diallo back if that number is is right. Nine is a little high, um, but it depends on how the rest of the roster fills out too. You know, if maybe maybe they want a little bit of continuity with a it's weird to say he's a vet, but he's kind of a veteran. Um, I guess it just on depends on how they fill out. the. Yeah, he is a veteran on this team. It's It just depends on how they fill out the rest of the roster. But I, I wouldn't mind him back. I think he does have utility. He's probably not a utility guy on a playoff roster. And he yeah. certainly is going to be difficult to play in a playoff game. But we're so far away from that still, uh, even though everybody's thinking that next year's the year that the Pistons are fighting for a playoff spot. I find that hard to believe still, but I think there is some utility for Diallo somewhere. Um, and I would like it to be on the Pistons if, if that number, you know, fits and the, based the, on the rest of the roster. The problem there is just, it's that he can't shoot. And so like, yeah. while he's been good for this team, you're looking at his limitations on a better roster and it's hard to find a fit there. Like, he's been great for this bench because this bench doesn't have a lot of dependable scores, doesn't have a lot of super dependable um, defenders. And when he's able to come in there and just create chaos, like, that is a positive for a bad team. But on a good team, you don't really want chaos from your bench. What you want is, you know, a, a minimal drop-off from your starting lineup, which is supposed to be the strength of your team. So... I worry just about his fit. Like, it's exactly like you said. Like, how does he fit on a playoff roster? 
I don't know if he does. And to pay somebody like that $9 million to sit on the end of your bench, if you are serious about contending, I just don't know if that works. Yeah, I also question the series about contending part two. <laughs> but, you know, we'll just have to see how that wow. rolls out. But it's definitely a bummer that he's going to not be available probably for the rest of the season. Um, but I just didn't want to forget about Hamadou Diallo while we are talking about Bogdanovich uh, and Isaiah Stewart. Now, what about Isaiah Livers? Because he's, he's been the one that we said benefits the most from the Sadiq Bay trade. He's going to benefit from Bogdanovich being out for the rest of the year, potentially, probably. He's Is he the only wing left on the roster that's healthy? Uh, how about Rodney McGruder? How soon Ooh, we forget? Sorry. Wow. That's true. I mean, Ro- uh, Rodney show is a little... fourth in efficiency differential. <laughs> Thank you. Show a little respect, all right? Sorry. Why don't you? Sorry, that's sorry, the sorry. scavenger we're talking about right here. I forgot he didn't get traded. Yeah, I will say I love the I forget who's uh, I think it was the Wizards. They they called him the scavenger on uh, their broadcast the other day. I was like, thank you. Somebody else. It's one of my it's one of the best nicknames in the NBA. I love it. Nickname. It's, it's so disrespectful. I don't understand it. Yeah. Anyway, like and it's on his parts. <laughs> yeah, it's like on his basketball <laughs> reference page, too. Oh, um, then it's official, official. I, I low key, I will miss Rodney McGruder a little bit when he's gone. like, dude, every time he comes in and he shoots a three, like the way he shoots it is like, like the way like a little kid shoots a three where they like throw their whole body into the shot. That's what he does. Right. But like yeah, the more, the more he throws his body into it, the more I'm like, oh, that's money. And it's always cash. Right. I, <laughs> Uh, I love it. Anyway, he's yeah, he's just one of those guys. You just have to like, create the weird momentum. Yeah, I don't know what the hell it is, but it works for him. Good for him. Um, <laughs> yeah, hey, they do okay in the minutes he plays for them. So, uh, yeah, Isaiah Livers pretty much is it at this point. And I mean, what R.J. Hampton, like Jared Roden, I Buddy Beheim. Uh, <laughs> you know, that's pretty much what we're down to at this point in the season. Uh, had, had to throw in Buddy Beheim. Yeah, well, no, I mean, but that is why Eugene I know. played 23 minutes the other night and why he's going to continue to play minutes. Uh, yep. So, yeah, Livers has a great opportunity in front of him. And, again, we I think we saw how well he can play against Portland, and then we saw him get exposed uh, against Washington. And that's, yeah. that's kind of the problem with Isaiah Livers. And I love the guy. I want him to succeed. And I, I do still see, really, like a, a successful NBA player in there. Um, but there's going to be growing pains, and I, I don't think that's going to change throughout the rest of the season. You just want to continue to see the growth. You want to see him have more of those Trailblazers games than Wizards games, and even in the type of games that he had against, like, Washington, you know, he didn't give up. He doesn't doesn't stop competing, doesn't stop trying, and that's the kind of attitude that, you know, you need to see from a guy at this point in the season. Shoot, you people want to kill him for, you know, Bradley Beal beating him off the dribble – you know, on the, on that pick and roll to end the game. But fact of the matter is James Wiseman jumped out too far in front and Isaiah Livers played 37 minutes. So I can't really yep. blame the guy for being that tired. The fact that they were even in that game at all it was, was pretty miraculous. So I, I think the thing with Livers is even when he's not playing extremely well, he still does do the small things. He does the little stuff. Like even against Washington, he had that steal out of bounds where that sick behind the back pass while he was jumping out. Uh, to save the ball and cause a fast break. Like, that's just little stuff. He didn't get an assist for it, but it doesn't necessarily show up in the box score. But, like, 
those are the things you need when you're a bad team and you have a bunch of young players and all you can do is compete. So I, I like to see that from him. Yeah. And, you know, we, we saw, <laughs> we saw something similar in Sadiq Bay. We, we all thought the mold of a good NBA player is there. Maybe it's just not going to be in Detroit. And I feel the same way about livers, except I feel like it could happen in Detroit. He's going to get a lot of run and he's got, all, I mean, I mean, already some pretty good defensive intangibles. He's got good size. He isn't going to necessarily get killed um, if he gets put into a pick and roll. I mean, he's young enough and athletic enough. He can hang around in most situations. And and I think the defense is definitely a big plus. Like you said, if he's not hitting, at least he's you know going to be a quality defender. It's if that shot goes down. Then, then that's where you start to really think, oh, okay, we might have something here off off the bench. I mean, a 3 and D wing is what every, like I said many times on this podcast previously, is what every team is looking for, whether they're a starter or off the bench. It's just a matter of that shot coming down. I need to see it more consistently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He, he had he had both, both ends of the spectrum in the last two games. He's hot 7 of 12 against Portland then he's 3 of 12 against Washington he took almost the same number of threes each time which was interesting um i think like 75% of his shots are from deep so i i would like to keep seeing the shooting happening um he's going to get plenty of opportunities to shoot and i still see a 3 and d player in there and i still think he's going to be here next year as well i, I mean you you Definitely. you need better you need better wings no question you need more consistent shooters um no question and the I mean, wing even situation if they, is just dire even if they bring in two forwards this offseason i still think they keep livers like yeah. you 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 need that guy there i i don't think that you're in a position to be letting him go uh by any means even if he's not lighting the world on fire but you're right yeah he needs to be like 10 percent more consistent that's really it if he can be yep. 10 15 more consistent like then right there i'm like okay you can you can slot into my rotation like yeah right. you're gonna be at the back end of that rotation for now especially if i'm trying to be good but like you you can get meaningful minutes and that's just what we need to see from him and that's what i'm really looking forward for the rest of the season from Isaiah livers. Cause he's going to be playing big minutes consistency, man, consistency. Yep. He still misses too many open. Good looks. He, right. he does, you know? Yep. So, yep. All right. What but, about some of the G league guys? It seems like you are rip roaring um, with some of the lesser known guys that are going to get opportunity now, just, just because of all these injuries and where we're at in the season is, is there anybody that you're particularly looking forward to seeing? Yeah, I mean, I look, I like what I saw from Eugene Omaroy. I, I said that already, and yep. I do apologize if I'm slaughtering his pronunciation. Like I, I heard really it a million. Glad that you said it first. No, I said I heard it a million times, and I've tried to. I'm, I'm sorry, and I have no place to talk. My name is Jasper Marinovich Apollonia. Like I, I've never known your last or your middle name, but that is that is awesome. Yeah, too many vowels, way too many vowels. So I, <laughs> That's I you know, Italian. glass houses, stones, and all that. But I am sorry, Eugene. Um. Yeah, I liked what I saw. I want to just keep seeing more from that. I know our guy, Czar, is super high on Jared Roden. I'm, I'm pretty sure Tim Forkin likes him some Jared Roden as well. I'd like to see him play a little bit more, see what he can do. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, that's kind of it, to be honest. I Really, what I'm looking more for to, right now is the guys that I'm really convinced are going to be on this roster next year. Like, Jaden Ivey, for me, since the All-Star break. Can I talk about Jaden Ivey for a second here, Mike? Do you mind? Can I can I go off on Jaden well, Ivey? you know, is, is he your stock up? Oh, yeah. Yeah, he is. he's also mine. Ah, so this is a good segue. So so let's go. You can go yeah. ahead and go first. You're going to probably hit no, a lot of No, you know what? I can pick I an... Sure. I mean, I was going to say, the other guy I was thinking about for stock up is Marvin Bagley, because I do want to say I think he's been really good since the All-Star yep. break, um, especially defensively. And that's always been the key with him. We know we can score, but like he's put together some decent defensive performances, folks. This is not something he's ever shown before. So I want to give a shout out to Marvin. But for Jaden Ivey, um, he's just been... He's been awesome this last week. Um, we're talking about, you know, he, he missed a game uh, against Charlotte, which was unfortunate. Uh, but since then, he's just been killing it. Like over the last four games, he's averaging almost 17 points per game, 7.3 assists, four and a half rebounds. Yeah, he's not shooting great. But here's really the thing that I've been impressed with him. It's been the distribution and it's been the defense. Really the things that we most were looking for from him coming into the season was like, okay, can he shoot? Can he play defense? What kind of a guard is he? Is he an on-ball guard? Is he an off-ball guard? Do we have to switch it up with him? What's going on here? And I think for me, these last few games especially, I mean, against Washington, against Portland, he was masterful in his distribution especially against Portland, 13 assists to one turnover. He was awesome. And it's not just that he's, you know, racking up assists. It's the type of assists that he's racking up. We're talking full speed transition, dump offs, no looks, zip passes in into the lane, into big men who are wide open on the dunker spot. We're talking pick and roll looks. The dude is doing it all. Like he is looking like a legitimate star lead guard for this team right now and man it is so cool to see and then you go to the other side of the floor i clipped a couple from plays that he had against washington he has turned it up on the defensive end he is sticking to his man he's getting into passing lanes in a way that he wasn't doing before we were saying it halfway through the season he looked lost on defense it was not good enough yep. effort it wasn't good enough technique and now what i'm seeing is he's way more comfortable on switches He's going above screens on shooters without fouling, and he's able to give you something in the passing lanes that he wasn't able to do before. So it seems like the game is slowing down for him on that end. It seems like his effort is way better. It's been so refreshing to see because now you look at it and you go, okay. Earlier on in the season, you were like, okay, you got Cade. Ivy, we'll see. Now you're looking at it and you're saying, dude, I want Jaden Ivy bringing the ball up 85% of the time. I want Kate Cunningham starting these possessions off ball. Give him an opportunity to catch the ball when the defenses are already being broken down by Jaden Ivey's blistering speed into the paint. And then you get Cade catching the ball with defenses already shifting. He is way too smart. They're going to pick you apart. They're going to kill you on that end. And then you go to the other side of the floor, six foot five, six foot six, two lead guards. Brother, like we're cooking here. This is the number one thing. We've said so many things about Troy Weaver's roster construction, all our concerns there. The fact of the matter is this last week is showing you Jalen Duran, Cade Cunningham, Jaden Ivey. There is something really special there. And 
Ivy, I think, is showing you exactly what he can provide for this team moving forward. You know, people think if a player can't shoot, then spacing's gone. There's just there's just no spacing. It just it, it just kills it. Playmaking is spacing. <laughs> mm-hmm. Playmaking is spacing. He's got double digit assists. This is Jaden Ivy. He's got double digit assists in back to back games. And making smart passes, looking comfortable. The game looks like it's slowing down. And a lot of analysts say say that about a lot of players across a lot of sports. And you think, oh, it's just a you know, it's just a term, but the game is actually slowing down. You can yeah. see it. Getting into the passing lanes on defense, you can see he's starting to anticipate things a little bit more. With the pick and roll, he's starting to see where guys are going to be. He's starting to get a feel for, for for where the big is going to be. And when this is a healthy team next year, even if he's not a tremendous knockdown shooter, playmaking is still spacing. Passing can help open things up. And when you have two playmakers out there with Cade and Jay Nivey, that's that's going to open up the offense so much. So, so, so much. Yeah. And, and look, Mike, the fact of the matter is we can say the shooting hasn't been world otherworldly, but the fact of the matter is he's at like 54% true shooting over his last 25 games. He's been fine there. Over his last 25 games, we're talking 35% from three, 43% from the floor overall. Like he's not a dud on that end. So especially if right. you're looking at that, he can play off ball, he can play on ball, but I 100% what I'm seeing over these last few games is like, I want this dude bringing the ball up for me every time because he is breaking teams with his speed. And I love what you said. Yeah, playmaking is spacing because teams cannot ignore him on the perimeter. Even if he's not a shooter, if he catches the ball and you're not ready, he's going to zoom by you. So he's going to dump it off for like an easy dunk. He's going to expose your bigs. So it's he's not a guy you can ignore, you know, right. in the same way that like teams couldn't ignore a young Russell Westbrook, even though he couldn't shoot. And again, Jaden Ivey at this point in his career is a better shooter than Russell Westbrook's ever been in his entire life. So that right there, I think, man, I, I'm just looking at the possibilities. Like, you bring the ball up the floor with Jaden Ivey. He gets into the paint, passes it out to Cade after the defense collapses on him. And you've got Cade Cunningham wide open on the perimeter where he can either pass. If 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 teams blitz at him when he's going up, he can have a wide open three-point look on catch-and-shoot opportunities, which he's better at than pull-ups. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, Jaden Ivey is doing great with his pull-up threes. Like, it, it just works. Like, you see how this can all work. And when you have a guy like Jalen Duran in that dunker spot, boy man like oh you're just yeah you're just like if you can just get the wings there if you can just get the wings if you can just get those forwards and victor wabanyama or brandon miller do a big 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 job in fixing that i feel like you could be cooking with gas really soon so we've only got a few minutes left but i'll i'll pose one more question to you and we have already talked about it briefly in um in our chat with some of the other guys, if they get the second pick in the draft, you're taking Scoot Henderson, right? Yeah. Yeah, I still am. So then would you move Ivy to the bench? Would you run a three-guard lineup? Because Kate is, is pretty big. I yeah. I think it's worth trying. Yeah. I, I'd, I'd see what I can do with a three-guard lineup and then make my decision from there. You're still in a place where, like, you need talent. 
You you still yep. don't you're not in a position where you can be passing up on a guy. Yeah, even if he is only six three, like Ivy's six five. You can play him at the two. It, yep. And Kate is six six. Yeah, you can play him at the three as long as you have solid defensive options at the four and the five. Guys, you Correct. can switch there. And again, if you bring somebody in like Jeremy Grant in the offseason, you see how that can all work, especially yep. if you have him next to somebody like Jalen Duran. I think you can have your weak side and your strong side rim protection there and not lose too much on the wing with Cade. So I think it's worth taking a shot. Then again, if a team is going to give you a legitimate wing and you only have to move down like one or a, a couple spots, like say, I don't know, maybe you get like a Luca Trey Young type deal. Obviously, that didn't work out great for the Hawks, which is why you don't always take that deal. But I think in some, in a case like that, it, it'd be a risk I'd be willing to take. If the package is too good, you're not going to pass that up, though. Like, you right. can still get a really good player at, at you know, three, four, five, uh, if a team is willing to to trade up with you and give up something of real value for it. Sure. Yeah. And and I agree. I, I think you run a three-guard lineup and you see what happens. Yeah. Um, there's just too much talent there with Scoot to just say, no, we're good. We have Jaden Ivey. <laughs> yeah. You, know, you, you and and the Pistons aren't in a position to to pass up the best player available yet. Yeah. And and the main thing with Cade defensively at the three was like he wasn't able to do it last year because he wasn't strong or tall enough. But I think you can offset the fact that he's six six and he he definitely would be undersized against like your Paul Georges who are more in sure. that six eight six nine type range. But like. I think if he can increase his strength and we've seen a couple pictures coming out over the last couple of days where he definitely looks like he's been hitting the weight room, yep. lower body, upper body. I think if he can be strong enough there, I don't think it's going to be too much of an issue. As long as you have somebody next to him at the four, like a Jeremy Grant who can do those defensive things that you need. So, yep. Okay. Yeah. We're kind of on the same page. Always interested to know what our listeners would do. What would you do? If the Pistons got the number two overall pick and we're destined to take Scoot Henderson, we yeah. think we that we think you should take him and figure out the rest afterwards. And I feel like a lot of people, you all think. I feel like a lot of people disagree too. Like probably, I, I can see a lot of differing ranges of opinions, and I, I don't necessarily think any of them is right or wrong at this moment. No, in time, so. we have no idea what some team would be willing to give up yeah. for number two. Exactly, and that, that's the huge, massive wild card. I mean. So, well, let us know your thoughts on that. Jasper, we have a minute left. Do you have any other thoughts on the Pistons? I'm going to end up watching the game here in like a half hour, an hour. Yeah, same here. Um, I don't know. Aaron, baby, come back. You can blame it all <laughs> on Mike. It was his fault. I didn't say those things in the group chat. Um, <laughs> <laughs> blaming, blaming the host. That's very bold. Yeah, blame it on the blame it on the ho, 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 host. All right, uh, there's some more music cues for the editor, whoever he might be. To I hope that in. we don't get like demonetized for this. But... <laughs> Bro, if they demonetize for my horrible singing, um, that means shame we made on you it too. Yeah, I guess so. I I need to hey, call me Jasper Mariah Carey. Anyway, we will. I'm, on that note, we're running out of steam. We I need some iced coffee. Out, we are running out of time. Thank you, <laughs> Jasper, once again for joining us. And thank you all for listening to this edition of the Palace of Pistons podcast, part of the Believe Network. We will see you all next time.
thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.